1: Never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, you can see Sparky Piper, 1250 AM The fan. Beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin, along with our guy, Nathan Marzion. Uh follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzion. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. Time for a little green and growing, as we had Bucks Media Day today, uh, earlier today, I should say, on Mondays. We record this at about quarter after six. Monday evening, I got to start with uh, the Giannis comments at Bucks Media Day on uh, signing an extension. This is the the money shot, I think, from uh, media today for the Bucks. Uh, money is not important. A lot of bleeping money. He didn't say bleeping. You can fill in your own word. Uh, a lot of bleeping money is important. Said it with a smile. So I'm going to sign it next year. Doesn't make sense to sign it right now. I want to be a Milwaukee Buck for the rest of my career. So as uh, as long as we are winning, end quote, Giannis, the video is out there. You can watch the video. Bart Winkler actually tweeted out the video uh, at Wings Thinks if you'd like, or I think the Bucks may have tweeted it out. I'm not sure, but I know he was there and tweeted it out. So uh, Nathan Marzian. Uh, your thoughts uh, on his comments? Uh, Matter of factly saying that I'm signing, I'm here, I'm good. Let's roll.
0: Yeah, I mean this. It it's what I've been saying. It's what I've thought. He's. It's what I felt like he's thought all throughout this whole summer. And he kind of reiterated just that. This is what I've said my whole career. This isn't anything new that I said this summer. This isn't anything that is coming out of nowhere. I've said, he said, he goes, I can pull videos. You know, you can go find videos from earlier in my career. Ever since I became a leader of this team, I've consistently said, you know, I want to stay in Milwaukee, but I got to make sure they're on the same page. And it's never changed. His tone, his, his tune has never changed on that. And um, they asked him, you know, were these comments directly s- specific towards anyone? He said, no. He's like, he kind of laughed at that. He's like, no, like it, it, it was just, that's what I need. To make sure that you know we're on the same page going forward and as I, I mean I, I this is basically what I told you Sparky I said when, when we were having this discussion on his comments earlier it was all you know you were worried about is he who's who's he calling out he's he needs something different he's complaining about something I, he was never I, he wasn't complaining about anything he was just saying this is what I need. That doesn't mean I don't have it. That doesn't mean anyone else needs to be, you know, get into shape and anyone else needs to really step up. It's just, let's make sure we're all on the same page going forward. He reiterated that again today. He's, you know, and he said, it doesn't make any financial or business sense for him to sign right now. He might as well wait, get more money later. So, and an additional uh, year from a Bucks fan
1: perspective, that's what I'm I'm most excited about.
0: Yeah. So there's, I mean, it, it, And hopefully, hopefully the national media can at least give this a rest for now, given that we, A, traded for Damon and everyone kind of thinks we're in better shape now. And B, him saying this and hopefully they realize like, yeah, he's not going to sign the extension right away. There's no need to talk about him not signing the extension because it makes no sense for him to sign it right now. He might as well. Wait, even if he was 100% sure he wanted to stay, there's no reason for him to sign it right now. Like it doesn't make sense. So, I mean, yeah, hopefully we can just get through this year. Without that just you know any distraction with that stuff. And that's another thing that this Dave and Trey is gonna help a ton with is there won't be that speculation all year because I think again, people I think after that trade are much more like, okay, Giannis is probably gonna stay. All right, you know, see, now, that's I don't the see thing. why.
1: But Marzan, he plays the game with the organization so well. He's he, oh so he's well. awesome at it.
0: As he should. And and I said, but think I said, about it, what? he
1: did this the last time, and what happened? They got Drew Holiday. Exactly. Then he plays the game this time. He got him Damian Lillard. Like, what's it going to get him the next time he plays the game? Again, they're running out of draft picks. They don't have draft picks until, like, I'm retired at this point. Uh, but either way, uh, that that's something that is going to be fun to see how this plays out going forward. But Drew Holiday got him that thanks to this little talking that he does. And this time I got him Damian Lillard. I mean, A-plus, well done. I don't know who taught him, but very well done putting pressure on the organization and getting what you want. Not even LeBron could get this done in Cleveland the first time he was in Cleveland to be able to get him the pieces necessarily that he wanted or a star player that he wanted. Cleveland was never able to do that. The fact that Milwaukee and John Horse, who deserves a lot of credit uh, for getting all this done twice now, To keep him in Milwaukee, when you know damn right well New York was knocking out the door of the Knicks, you know Pat Riley was on the prowl, wanting to get him to South Beach, uh, especially Pat Riley, Uh, and to be able to hold him in Milwaukee, and that's huge props to not only horse, but to the Bucks ownership group, because this guarantees you're in the tax for the rest of your life, essentially.
0: Yeah, it it's I said at the time when he was making these comments, I am glad he's making these comments because they will be motivated to continue to improve. And this is this is what we see as a result of that. You know, if Giannis just came out and said, no, I'm super, you know, I, I'm I'm content and yeah, I'm, I want to see him walk my whole career and they're doing great and blah, blah, blah. Then they probably just would be like, you know what, we're, we're just going to keep Drew. We're not going to look to trade him. We're, you know, Giannis seems pretty happy. We're just going to we're just going to stay with what we're at. And not that what they had was bad, but they wouldn't be motivated to look to improve. And him, him just keeping the foot on the gas and saying, we need to be committed to winning. We need to be committed to winning. We cannot stop. I need another championship. You know, that's what it's all about. I'm not saying that he made them go do this. And I'm not saying he was sitting there telling them trade your holiday, trade your holiday. I don't think that was the case, but I think it put you know it puts stuff in their minds like hey we get we cannot get satisfied we have to continue to look to improve and if there's any way we can trade and get Damian lillard like we got to go take that chance which they didn't even have to trade that much so it wasn't even that much of a chance but yeah it's it's a smart thing for him to do i'm glad he's been doing that and continues to put pressure on the organization and again when it's when i say pressure when it's pressure on the organization it's not it's not like he's sitting there saying oh we're we're in a bad shape right now. I need them to be much better. No, he's just saying, keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. Like he's, they, he was, I'm, I believe Giannis was perfectly content with the roster they had before. And I think he believed they could win a title with the roster they had before. But that doesn't mean you need to just stop there. It's like, we need to be committed to always having the best possible chance to win. And that's what they did with this Dame thing. So it's, I'm glad he's been like that. And I mean, again, it's, it's just something that he's reiterated throughout his career. I'm hosting the
1: afternoon show for Gabe Kuhn uh, on ESPN Memphis uh, all week long, so I have not uh, been able to necessarily uh, focus as much on Bucks media day as others. I, I know Marzian was locked into this. I'm I'm assuming most of the day. Did anybody bring up to Giannis the Hakeem Olajuwon training sessions and what he was hoping to get out of this whole thing, uh, one way or the other? Like, is he did he learn the Hakeem Sheikh? uh they uh, they did, did nobody uh, nobody brought it up
0: what nobody brought it up nobody brought it up no he he was he would he had the he had his interview for like unless they did it in a separate thing in which I didn't know but in the main media day press conference, I think he was on there for maybe ten minutes and I don't it was it was a lot of stuff about the extension a lot of stuff about dame um so I think it kind of got lost in the shuffle there. If, if they never did the Dame thing, I'm sure someone would have brought it up. But
1: Okay, so let's move on. Chris Haynes, who I, I guess was supposed to cover the Lakers media day, and then after the Lillard, Lillard trade uh, got moved over to cover the Bucks media day, talks with uh, Giannis about his old school mentality, about how he doesn't want to work out, the, out with other players, NBA players. Quote Giannis, this is from the NBA TV Twitter account. How can you work out together when we are in the same league and we're going against one another? The reason I'm not winning a championship is you. How the hell will I work out with you? I end quote Giannis. Do you think Giannis' old school mentality is good or bad?
0: I mean, I think it's cl- clearly good for him because it, of how good he is on the court. Um, I, think, I don't think it's a bad or good thing in general, like, I think it all depends on the player. You know, there's some guys that, yeah, it helps them if they're working out with other guys and they really need that, you know, to, to make them better. And they really feel like that'll help them help their game. But there's also guys that are like, no, I need that competitive edge. I need, like mentally, I can't, I don't want to be in a place where I feel like I'm friendly with these guys because I want to kill them. So I think that it, it depends on the player. And obviously for Giannis, it works. I'm, I'm personally like, yeah, I'm glad he's, he is like that because um, I think he has the the perfect balance right now of being like super nice off the court, super just a good guy in general. But on the court, he's a killer. Like on the court, he's like, I don't care who you are, I'm coming at you every single play. Um, that's what he needs, and that's what he feels like is best for him. So, and, and again, obviously, it's working. I mean, he's the best player in the league, probably. So, uh, I can't, I can't uh say it's a bad thing.
1: No, no, definitely can't say it's a bad thing. I, I kind of get down with it. I'm cool with it. Uh, the only reason. I I guess you would say that maybe you're not cool with it. It would be his ability to recruit guys to come play with him because you don't have those relationships. Now, he has gotten those relationships through playing in these All-Star games, right? I mean, you could tell him and Joker have become friends over the course of time. I think him and Lillard have become guys uh, over the course of time. So he has established those relationships now through All-Star weekends and so forth. Um, That would be the only way I would be like, ah, it's probably not a good idea. Why aren't you working out with somebody? Uh, me personally, uh, I love it. I, I absolutely love it, and I think I'd probably be the same type of way. Like You're my opponent. Like w- w- I can like you. You can like me, but I am not working to make you better. That's not going to be a thing, uh, and I can get down and respect that 100%. Since the last time we talked, Nathan Marzion, uh, it happened. Uh, Drew Holiday ends up with the Boston Celtics. We thought it would be Boston or Miami. Odds were it wasn't going to be to the Bucs. Benefit of having him out West somewhere, Drew Holiday, that is. Uh, And again, Portland, good job. A-plus, great job. You got a haul doing it the way you did it for Damian Lillard. That deal with Miami wasn't even going to come close to what you were able to pull off for Damian Lillard. You got player assets. uh, You got pick assets. You got everything you possibly could have wanted. You got two bigs out of the deal. You got a veteran point guard. Um, that can kind of be that mentor type guy for Scoot and Malcolm Brogdon, who's a good dude. Uh, I, I just, I love what Portland did. Uh, as a Bucks fan, do I like Drew Holiday with Boston? No, no, I do not. Because as Nathan Marzian pointed out prior to this trade for Lillard, uh, thinking that the Bucs weren't getting Lillard and that they were going to keep Drew Holiday, Nathan Marzian, I believe your direct quote was, he is the perfect guy to defend Damian Lillard uh, in, in a game, it is Drew Holiday. And I agreed 100%. I still agree. Do I think Drew Holiday can slow Damian Lillard down uh, a little bit? Yeah, I do. Do I think he can contain Lillard? No, he's not going to contain him. But he can slow him down. And by contain, I mean, Lillard's not going to get 10 points a game because Drew Holiday is guarding him. That's not going to happen. But, you know, he, Drew Holiday is going to make his life difficult. He's going to be physical. He's going to play up in his grill. Uh, and if you're the Bucks, you run Drew Holiday through every pick possible. Uh, and beat him down, kind of like Miami did with Jimmy Butler and all these other guys. That's that's kind of how you handle Drew Holiday once you get to a playoff scenario, uh, is how I would do it. Now, who knows how they do it. Uh, your thoughts before we go over both of these rosters, Nathan, on uh, the Celtics getting Drew Holiday.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely a great counter to what the Bucs did because, as I said, he is, if you could pick one guy to put on Damian Lillard for a playoff series, he's the guy. Like He's the best perimeter defender in the league. Dame literally said that today in his media day, he said, I think, you know, Drew's the best perimeter defender in the league. So yeah, it's, it's going to definitely make things tougher in a playoff series with them. Just given that, okay, it'll, it'll limit Dame a little bit. Um, He's still going to be really good, but it'll, it'll just make his life definitely more difficult. But, you know, we know what will happen probably to Drew offensively then as a result of defending Dame so intensely for, for that stretch. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I still believe the Bucks are going to be the the better team, and I still believe the Bucks are better than the Celtics, but it, it definitely closes the gap. It definitely, you know, as soon as we trade for Dame, you kind of think, okay, there's some space between us and the rest of these teams a little bit, but this definitely closes it. But again, I, I think that it's a give and take. You're now going to be devoting more to stopping Dame, and then you open things up a little bit for Giannis, and all of a sudden... There's not much on that Celtics roster to defend him. So he should be able to have a really good series. And, you know, I I think it, it's a give and take again, you know, there it's, you can't really have everyone going off at the same time. And I think in different series, it'll be different circumstances where, okay, maybe this team can defend Giannis well, but then, you know, Dame is able to go off. Well, now this team can defend Dame, but they don't have as much to defend Giannis. That's why it's so nice having two, you know, unbelievable scores, 30 point per game scores, is it's going to be almost impossible to hold both of them down at the same time. And if you can just have the one guy that plays the best out of anyone in the series, you're probably going to end up winning because usually the team with the best player wins.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. And what it does do is it puts a huge, huge gap between Miami and the top two teams. I mean, this is a gigantic gap. Uh, and Jimmy Butler and his weird hairstyle and whatever the hell he was trying to do at, uh, at Heat Media Day today, uh, you know, kind of, oh, we're going to win. We're going to go to the NBA finals, blah, blah, blah. Okay, whatever. Uh, But realistically, uh, they aren't close anymore to Boston or Milwaukee with what they have left. And I heard there were some rumors about them maybe getting involved on James Harden. Uh, And good luck to you. I don't see how James Harden and Jimmy Butler survive together. I just, that's never going to happen because Jimmy Butler demands defense. Eric Spolster demands defense. James Harden does not fit. Uh, what the Miami Heat do and the culture that they've set over the course of time. So if they were to do something like that, and you would assume Tyler Hero would go in that deal if if something does happen, uh, that would just implode that Heat culture and implode that locker room. So I don't think that's going to happen uh, either because it doesn't seem like a good fit. So I don't know how the Heat essentially catch up to these two rosters now.
0: Yeah, the two big losers of this offseason, or at least this past week, are definitely the Heat and the, and the Sixers. Um, kind of stand put, not doing much. And as the Celtics and Bucks both definitely got better. So um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely in bad shape. They kind of both would just need, I think, to just go off from three somehow to like hang in a series with these teams. I, I don't, you know, again, I don't, I don't see how they stop the Bucks' offense. I don't see how they honestly can score that much on the Celtics defense. So I think both of these teams are, yeah, as you said, kind of clear-cut atop the East. Um, and even in the West, I think it's it's kind of just Denver and Phoenix, I think, are pretty clearly above the rest, I think. Um, Lakers are a little bit close, Warriors kind of, but it's like outside of those top two, I think there is a gap. And we'll see how it plays out. You know, maybe maybe teams disappoint, you know, and hopefully it's not the Bucs, but then maybe there's teams that look super good on paper coming into the season and, okay, they're, they're, they're still good, but they might not be – a tier above everyone else like people thought they were.
1: All right. Let's talk about these two rosters now, Uh, because at the end of the day, you know, you're big four. And I don't know if you saw that, that video clip that was out there by the bucks today for me today. It was Lillard, Middleton, Brooke Lopez. Then Giannis walks into the picture and is messing around with Middleton of where he was going to stand versus Middleton. And you hear Daniel Lillard, like I've never been a part of a picture like this before and started laughing, just kind of looking at the talent around him going, Holy crap. Like, this is unbelievable. These four players all together. Lillard's never had this type of talent. He had McCollum, okay, but he never had another superstar like him. McCollum was not him, right? Uh, He never had a a guy like Brooke Lopez behind him. Uh, And then a third guy who would be a second guy in many scenarios around the NBA and different teams uh, in Chris Middleton as the third option. And if you look at Boston, they have Jalen Brown, they have Jason Tatum, they have drew holiday and poor Zingas. in my mind. The bucks have the better top four it, before we get to the rest of the, the rosters. I would say the bucks has still have the better top four comparing themselves to Boston.
0: Yeah, I agree. And they have the best player for sure. So that is a huge advantage as well. Cause again, I said, usually the team with the best player, if everything else is somewhat close, the team with the best player is going to win the series. The Bucks clearly have the best player out of the two teams And you could argue that if Dame is at his best, he could be the, they could have the two best players. You know, there's a, there, Tatum is better in general than Dame, but there's a world where Dame plays better than Tatum. So, um, yeah, I I think that I like our top four better. It's not to say they don't have, that the Celtics don't have a really good top four, but I'm, I'm taking ours against anyone in the league.
1: Okay. Now let's talk about the rest of the roster, right? So the Milwaukee Bucks get, Pain, uh, right? So the fact that you have campaign now, that helps you with your backup point guard situation. Uh, and so now it's pain behind uh, Damian Lillard. Okay. Uh, then the two guard position, I think, is still up in the air as far as who's going to start uh, and who's going to come off the bench or what that's going to look like. And then you still have Bobby Portis, who is either going to start or be on the bench depending on what they do. You know, you could play Middleton at the two, Giannis at the three, Portis at the four, Brooke Lopez at the five. If you wanted to do that, I don't think I would, to be honest with you. I think if it's me, I'll play Beasley, uh, maybe at the two uh, and go with that going into the season. I know everybody's going to want Pat Connaughton at the two. I wouldn't be surprised, but remember, this is not Mike Boonholzer anymore with his Pat Connaughton love. This is a different coaching staff. So he'll be reevaluated, uh, and we'll see what role they have Pat Connaughton in uh, going forward. And Marzian, he's a little messed up. He like he he loves playoff Pat, and then regular season Pat, it's that's a whole other thing. So Marzian can explain that to you as we go here. Uh, but they have to figure out their starting five, um, and then that bench of who can actually score off the bench. Payne's not going to be the guy you look to to score, so just take him out of it. If Beasley's coming off the bench, maybe he can get you a couple threes. If Portis is coming off the bench, hopefully he can give you a little scoring off the bench. And then what, Jay Crowder? That's the other guy that you're going to look to to score. I'm sure I'm missing somebody. There has to be somebody else that I'm missing, right? Who am I missing that's going to be a scorer outside of those three guys, Marjan? Because if that's all they have, you're you're relying on Beasley, Crowder, and Portis to be your scores essentially off the bench. That's your your three guys off the bench, and then Payne has a backup who you know I'm not counting on him to score more than what six points a game, maybe.
0: Yeah, but I mean that's, that's fine. You don't need to have six guys that can score off the bench. I think that especially when your starting lineup now has even more scoring juice with Dame in it compared to Drew. Um, and you know, you're going to have Dame playing more minutes than probably Drew would have. And so it's going to be a lot like, like if you can just play Drew, Giannis, Chris, majority minutes, and you just have to fill those other and you can even spread them out. So that kind of one of those guys is playing at, at all times and you have a scorer at all times on the court, um, a lethal scorer at that. Cause there were, a, I mean, they used to play drew in those lineups a lot where it would be okay. You know, if either Chris was hurt or if Chris was playing it, him and Giannis are on the bench together and it's just drew out there with the bench unit. That's where the problem sometimes arose in terms of scoring. Um, and, you're not going to have that now. You're going to have Damian Lillard. To if he's if you put Damian Lillard out there with the bench unit, you still have a an amazing scorer out there. Um, you're not losing a, a scoring punch there. So I don't think they need to have a ton of scoring options. I think they're fine with you know having Beasley as a shooter. If Conanton's coming off the bench, having him as a as a shooter, I don't think Jay Crowder's going to give you a ton of scoring. I think he's more just a you're hoping he can be a wing defender, um and a, and a kind of bigger body to have in there. And um you know Bochamp's not going to be a, a much of a score i don't expect Nope. but so i i think and obviously bobby can give you scoring at times but i i think that's okay i think that they're gonna have enough scoring punch i'm more worried about the the wing defense if anything like i'd rather trade truthfully i'd rather trade after this after we just got as i said another big score in dame i'd rather trade one of their bench scorers such as bobby who still trying to freight Portis? You got Damian Lillard, and you still won't leave Bobby Portis alone. Wing defense, baby. We need wing. De- we need wing defense. So, I mean, and and yeah, you lose a defender and Drew. Like, you just like Bobby gives you scoring and no defense. And even in the playoffs, he doesn't give you a ton of scoring. But it's like we kind of are. We like, if anything, right now we need defense and not as much scoring. So I, out of our role players, like I, I want someone that. You can rely on a little bit, and maybe Jay Crowder can be this guy if he's better than he was last year, but we'll see. Someone that can defend a wing, someone that you can like comfortably maybe throw in the starting lineup every now and then, and in the playoffs, put him in the starting lineup, put him in closing lineups, and they can defend a wing on the perimeter. Um, I'd much rather have that than just Bobby Portis, who plays no defense and is okay. Maybe he can make a couple shots when he's in there for 15 minutes, but, um, that's not going to help you win the title as much as having a wing defender will at this point. So I'm still, I'm still, I'm fine with their bench scoring, and I'm, I'd actually be willing to trade some of their bench scoring for defense.
1: All right, uh, let's move on uh, to the next one. I, and again, if if we're comparing both rosters, um, I still feel pretty good about the Bucks roster versus the Celtics roster when we're comparing both rosters. I still think the Bucs have enough. The thing that concerns me, though. Is they have assets they can still move, draft picks and otherwise, to add to their roster. Sam Quinn of CBS um, Sports pointed this out the other day on Twitter, talking about the Bucs don't own uh you know the rights to any of their future first round picks in 2024 through 2030, essentially, whatever. Um but Sam Quinn points out they won't have access to buyout players midseason either, due to the new CBA. The team they have on opening night is more or less going to be the team that they'll bring into the playoffs that is a big story that i have not seen anybody really talk about and that's something where when you're a championship caliber team you feast on cheap players in the bio market for that playoff run like jay crowder right some of those guys uh, that are out there that are let go because they're not a bad team. They don't want to be there. They want a chance to go to playoffs with another team. Okay, so we buy you out. You go out there. And then you get to go pick uh, what team you want to go play for. And, and in this situation here, according to him, again, I'm not a CBA wizard. According to Sam Quinn, they're not going to have access to do that because of the new CBA, which is probably not a good thing for the Bucs, especially if they suffer any
0: injuries. Yeah, but I mean... I think in general it was going to be you're not going to get a buyout guy probably that is really helpful in the playoffs. I mean the the last two years have been okay they traded for Jay Crowder at the deadline um which they can still make trades. They sure. traded they traded for PJ Tucker at the deadline in 2021. You know, these aren't they're not, it's not like they it's not like these guys are just scrapped that they're picking up and the buyout has been really helpful to them. The buyout is usually just okay it's an End of bench depth, depth piece. But well, Marzion, if you want a defender, a wing defender
1: that doesn't score, and you don't care about you're not getting, scoring, you're not, you're not getting probably going to have that
0: out there. I don't think you will. Not anyone that you can rely on. Like I'm talking, I'm talking about someone that is not just not just like okay, they can maybe be thrown in there every now and then. Like I want a reliable player. I want a actual rotation NBA player. Um I don't, I think that no matter what, that's going to have to happen through a trade and why I'm, you know, that's why I'm still saying I want to trade Bobby. I want to trade the, any of the, any of the assets we can that still have value that aren't giving us much value in the playoffs. I think you've got to trade to get more playoff value. So that's why I'm still on the Bobby Portis trading him trade, but, or train. But as far as, yeah, I mean, with overall, overall rosters, yeah, the Celtics could, they have the picks to make trades, but. They also have to salary match. So again, if you're getting any type of good player, you've got to right. give up good play. You got you to give up some type of players. And right now, I mean, they're extremely thin. Like if you don't think the Bucs have good depth, the Celtics' depth is even worse than ours. I mean, they have so they have Holiday, White, Tatum, Brown, Horzingis, Horford as their top six, and it immediately just falls off a cliff. Um, your next guys are Peyton Pritchard, Sam Hauser, Luke Cornett. And then a bunch of just no name guys after that. So, it's it's they really just have six. And as far as their big guys, I mean, you've got Porzingis who's constantly injured and has been for a, a while now. So he's not a lock at all to stay healthy. And you have thirty seven year old Al Horford who started to decline last year, and I'm guessing won't be the same exact player that he has been um, the past couple years. So, I I definitely think that that's a big problem for them is that big man depth. And they already had it with, you know, they already had it before they traded Robert Williams. Now they have it even more. And even, I also think that their shooting is a little bit, that that's what they relied on so much is, is three point shooting from all their role players. And they always just kind of shot the lights out. They were number one in, you know, three pointers made, but it's like, okay, you, you now lost smart, you lost Brogdon and, Um, you know, uh, Horford started to decline a lot in that last season. So I don't know if he's going to be the exact same. And I don't know. I I think that that's a little bit of a concern with them now is Tatum and Brown aren't the best three point shooters. I know it sometimes seems like they are, but they're really not when you look at their numbers, but, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see if they can have the same three point success because the, the two things that they always had actually the, the three main things that they always had for a playoff series against the bucks would be they had decent defenders on Giannis, which they now lost two of those guys in Grant Williams, actually three of them, in Grant Williams, Marcus Smart, and Robert Williams. Robert Williams didn't defend him a ton, but he's still a body to throw at him. They had excellent three-point shooting, which again, they've lost a little bit of that now. And they had amazing depth. They just had so many guys you could put out there. And they kind of like took a step back in all of that. And yeah, their starting lineup is probably a little bit better, but... I don't know that i'm it's definitely different and i'm not at all sold that they're like better than the bucks right now so yeah I, I i don't know outside of that top six it definitely gets very murky very fast
1: i'd like to on thursday night when we record the next green and growing podcast which you can download on your odyssey app download wherever you download your favorite podcast at like subscribe follow all those fun things uh so you know when we are uh, dropping the latest Screening Growing podcast. Normally record Monday and Thursday nights. They're available Tuesday and Friday mornings. Tell a friend, tell a family member, please. Tell everybody on social media. Put us on your Facebook page. Take a screenshot of Nathan Marzian, put Single and Available. Uh, and all these women will flock to the Facebook post and check out our podcast. And that's really all we're looking for. He doesn't need to date anybody. But that, but that's just something that we're kind of looking forward to here uh, going forward. Okay, I, I have one other thing that I, I want to talk about, again, is... We compared the Bucks to the Celtics. I'm going to give on some homework. Do they have the best roster in basketball? That's what I'd like to know. So obviously in the East, they do. Uh, if we're saying they're better than the Celtics, because nobody else is close to these two. But is their overall depth and roster from top to bottom better than say Denver? Is it better than say Phoenix? Is it better than say the Clippers? Is it better than say the Lakers, right? So do they have the best roster in basketball? coming into the season. And I'm not going to make him answer that question now, because he's going to look over all the rosters and do his, all of his analytics and numbers and whatever else he has to do. But that, that's
0: what I would like to talk about on Thursday. Yeah. I, I will just say, I definitely think I do think my answer is going to be yes. I would guess it is because their starting lineup is so good. Their start, their top four is so good. And they still do have at least a couple guys off the bench that are contributors that, you know, are, are proven and NBA players. Usually, again, when it usually when you have this good of a starting lineup, kind of like Boston's team, you're going to have like almost nobody on the bench, like, like extremely, extremely thin. They at least have, you know, we don't know who's going to start, but like they have Pat who might start, they have Malik Beasley, they have Jay Crowder, they have Bobby Portis, they have, you know, Bochamp, if he can improve a little bit, like you at least have some guys there that can give you some minutes can give you something um, and now campaign as well like it's not just okay they they have Bobby Portis coming off the bench and the next best player is AJ Green you know that's not the, that that's not the case so that's why I think it was such a huge win that they were able to trade for Damian Lillard and all they had to give up was Drew and Grayson from that roster last year is like you already had three Grayson's on the team so you didn't even need Grayson Allen you have you know you, you you're basically losing almost no depth like it's just that's why it was such a huge win you're thinking if they got him they'd have to give up you know Bochamp and right. they have to give up another role guy and they might and it's just like I was assuming if we ended up with Damon Lillard on our team we'd have practically nobody outside of our top five or six and it's like they can still go possibly like eight deep so um I think it's a huge win still
1: Yes, Nathan Marsdown. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marsdown. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. We'll do this thing again on Thursday night. Enjoy the rest of your day, and thanks for listening to Green and Growing.